If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings, welcome to the Golf Bank System Podcast. This is our 2023 AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am and RAS Alkaima Championship Tips Podcast. Paul Williams and Barry O'Hanrahan join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website with our in-depth betting previews. We have two previews for both the events this week. Strokes gained analysis for both events. I've I've used the strokes gained a lot on my um, selections this week. So it's all available free in the description box of the pod. We've got tournament form stats, plus, of course, our PJ Tour and DP World Tour predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge with no paywall. On Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel, where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, you guys, as listeners, power this podcast. So we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, as ever. For those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. We're down to a couple of reviews. So listeners, take a couple of, you know, 30 seconds, 45 seconds. Give us a five-star review. On Spotify as well, we're up to, I think I checked last week, 270. So we need, we're 30 away from 300 five-stars on Spotify. So just press the five-star five button on Spotify as well, please. Right, this one. Best betting stroke DFS golf podcast. I have been listening to this podcast and Steve's YouTube show every week for over five years. Steve, Paul and Barry are the best in the business, and it's not even close. It's appointment listening. It's a great podcast. That is from Hans Givers, and Hans is in Florida. Hans, thanks for all of your support over the years. Thanks for your five-star review. Absolutely, yes. Thanks, Hans. And uh, Yeah, Hans is one of the guys who uh, interacts with us quite regularly on yeah. uh, on social media. Um, great to hear from you, and uh, as Steve said, Many thanks for that glowing report. Can you can you imagine listening, listening to our content chats for five years? It's going to do one <laughs> of two things. Five minutes to you boys is tough, you know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but we we did okay last week, combining forces for five minutes. Yeah. We're gonna are we gonna talk about it. Well, of course, yeah. Let's talk last week. Yeah. Max Homer, mm. twenty eight to one. You were on him. Paul was on him. I was on him. Even better, though, let, let, we have to point this out. Paul Williams, at the, you know, our very own Paul Williams, last week he got the DP World and PGA Tour Transatlantic Double Up. And then this week, 
<laughs> he calls Max Homer to finish first at the Farmers Insurance Open, and he gets Keegan Bradley in second at 66 to 1. So he got the 1 2. It's outstanding. Outstanding stuff, Paul. It's, it's all downhill from here. I was going to say, it's exactly, it was exactly my words coming out. <laughs> downhill from here. I tell you, to be fair, if Keegan had uh, got up and down from that final bunker on the final hole, then he could have asked a, a few more questions of Max. I mean, financially, I know, not, notwithstanding that all three of us were on Max Homer and uh, it's nice for us all to, to get a consensus pick, it was actually better financially for me to have got a Keegan Bradley win. So... Um, you know, being super selfish, I, I could have seen that uh, gone the other way. But no, nah, you can't argue, can you? Um, one, two, and you got a bit of Jason Day full each way in the end in, in uh, seventh place, didn't you? So uh, yeah, a good week all round. I saw someone put up on Twitter that Jason Day was the worst price of the year so far. He was never going to be long, was he? I, the week before, he was 80 to 1. I tweeted it when I put the stats out, um, uh, for the, the preliminary stats for the farmers, and said, you know, there's no way that Jason Day is going to be um, 80 to 1 next week. Um, and of course, he's not, because he's got such a fantastic record uh, there at Torrey Pines. And uh, yeah, 20 to 1, or there, was it 20, 25 to 1, that kind of number, wasn't he? Um, yeah, it's, it's bound to happen because people are going to latch on to that. But he played well. To finish in the top eight to get you get your full week each way payout when you've also snared the winner. Mm, can't complain, um, can you? Stat, no, stat alert, chaps, on Keegan Bradley. First for strokes game putting last week. <laughs> he does have these odd spiky weeks. Well, he never. This was the trouble though, Paul. For years and years, he had no spike weeks, but all of a sudden, you pick the right. It does tend to be, doesn't it, difficult golf courses, classical golf courses, tree-lined, where the scoring's higher. All of a sudden, that brings Keegan into play. Mm. And if he has a spike week, top 10 putting, somewhere around there, he has to be in contention with his teaser gringo. Yeah. And and this is why he's a a strong first round leader bet because it's not just spike weeks it's you know it's those spiky rounds where everything just everything just drops and that's when he you know if he puts that together in a the first 18 of a tournament first 18 of a major it's you know it, it can happen it does happen um then he can put a silly low round in and you know he, he gets a disproportionate number of first round leader positions simply because of that because of that fact one to follow um, for you know, when the conditions and when the situation is uh, is suitable. Scheffler, Zalatoris, JT, Morikawa, Max Homer now up to fifth. Cam Young sixth. They're the autos for Team USA Ryder Cup. Keegan Bradley has vaulted to seventh. Kirk eight, Hoagie ten, Xander eleven, Kevin Kisner twelve. A lot of golf to be played, as we said. Now, let's talk DP World Tour as well. I mean, that finish yesterday, I, I tweeted that golf at certain point, golf can be, be be very mundane week in, week out, but just on occasions, you just get the climatic finish that everyone wants to see, and that head-to-head between McElroy and Reed was absolutely captivating viewing, I thought. Yeah. Yeah. 
shame he didn't play that uh, kind of shot the year before and his approach to the 18th because I backed him the previous year when he was uh, standing over that uh, approach shot. Uh, it was a slightly different approach shot last year because it was further back. I think he'd taken three wood off the tee rather than driver. So he was attacking it with a, with more club in his hands and found the water. But um, he'd learnt from it. He'd certainly learnt from his mistake previous year and uh, in finding the water in uh, it was it the previous day, I think, wasn't it? Would Rory have had the year he's had if he didn't have that failure at this time last year, putting the ball in the water? Because I think it, I think it flipped a switch in him. Mm. It certainly yeah. showed. It certainly showed that it something it had. It had like a pretty serious effect on his, <clears throat> on his approach to that hole this week. So there's, it was. It seems like it was quite a significant moment in his recent golf career. Yeah, it, interesting to see how much it played a factor this week. It it's was interesting, isn't it? Yesterday was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, if you look at the psychology of it, um, coming into that final hole, he, he knows that if he wedges it in, make, makes the putt, makes four that way, he wins the golf tournament. If he makes five, then he's going to be in a head-to-head, you know, a proper head-to-head playoff with Patrick Reed staring him down after everything that's been said and kind of the animosity between the pair. Um, and I think he would have equally relished that um, to, to, you know, to attempt to defeat him face-to-face. Well, that's face clearly what everyone wanted manner. to see, though, wasn't it, Paul? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, sitting exactly. watching that putt going, well, it'd be good if this Miss. one lipped out. <laughs> <laughs> but when it dropped, it was like, well, you can't argue with it. You can't argue with that. It was just, it was just yeah. awesome viewing. Do you know what else, mm. boys, I also thought? Uh, since all of this live PGA Tour Fiori, that for me was one of the first moments where actually, forget live, forget PGA Tour, forget DP World Tour, you had two elite golfers going head-to-head with the animosity and the spice between them. It was almost mm. the first time for me where it was about the golf and not about the politics, although the politics yeah. was kind of intertwined. But that was just, it was just, it was captivating, I thought. It was really good. Mm. Yep. Yeah, no, well done, Rory. Unlucky Barry, because you were on uh, Adrian Else, who, uh, he, he was in the mix at various points, wasn't he? Maybe, maybe not really contending for the for the overall title, but certainly to get a place at uh, the odds that you'd picked him up. But it just didn't quite happen at the end, did it? It was close. He, it felt like he was trying to push a bit on Sunday. And I was kind of wondering why he was pushing so hard. And Rory got a few clear at that stage, but there's still a lot of holes left to go. It was almost mm-hmm. like he forgot it was only the third round, but Sunday made him think it was the final day, and he just seemed to push a bit soon, made a couple of mistakes, and it was always kind of scrambling to get back from there. But hey, you know, if if your bet has a chance, that's a good that's a good situation. I think. With the lads there last week, that was like that. There was some nice spike there, and like it shows that having uh, I don't know some animosity and some bad guys and some good guys, quote unquote, is really good to make the to make the golf compelling and appointment viewing. I mm-hmm. like know a lot of people that were tuned in yesterday that wouldn't regularly tune into a European Tour final round, mm. but because of all the the goings on, they were like they had to watch it. Yep, excellent stuff. Yeah, it's um, set, set up the uh, the rest of the year quite nicely. Uh, th- those first two events. Team Europe. 
Uh, European points, Ryder Cup, McElroy, Ram, Victor Perez. World points, Victor Hovland plays this week. Alex Noren, Shane Lowry. So those are the six autos for Team Europe. I, I also just want to quickly talk about the dynamic between Ram and McElroy. All of the narrative going into last week was Ram, winner at Century, winner at American Express, best player in the world, was going to win the Farmers Insurance Open and grab the world number one spot. Mm. And it was noticeable with Ram. And I, I still think there's there's this is what potentially separates the likes of a Ram from the likes of a McElroy. Is Ram started slowly on Wednesday, which kind of didn't surprise me because this this world number one is up for grabs. He knows that he finishes top three, world number one. He then plays fantastic, amazing golf like he has done for all of twenty twenty three to this point to get into second place and into the final group for Saturday with Sam Ryder. And then, all of a sudden, John Rahm starts playing over par golf again and, and it starts disintegrating. Mm. McElroy against um, a Reedlark yesterday, that big head-to-head, that big confrontation, McElroy never took a step backwards at all. And I just think there's just those minutiae mental differences that potentially mean McElroy's legacy is going to be slightly more than Rams at the end of the day. I think John Rams. I think John Rams a fantastic golfer, but when you're backing him at Tiger Woods' prices of four to one to win tournaments, when he gets into second spot in a tournament with Sam Ryder ahead of him, Tiger Woods would have just done the business on the on on the Saturday and grabbed the victory but John didn't you see what I'm saying here mm. Mm. yeah but you got to get bear in mind Ram has you know Rory has five years on Ram mm. so there's you know yeah. there's a oh. little bit of there's, there's more time for Ram to to get to that like mental stage that Rory's at and I think it's hard to hard to rewind five years now but was Rory sort of similar back then had that mm. You'd have to go back whatever, into it. whatever you're talking about. Is a tiny bit of fragility, or does that? Does, can um, you develop that? That's the thing. I, I think John Rahm is so if, so consistent. He his floor is the highest of anybody's. So he just I think he, if he's any, turning if out there. You know, he has a bad week and he's finishing twelfth. But mm. if you actually look at the amount of times he's in contention, I'm talking about big big tournaments. That that sometimes doesn't translate to the the, the, the short prices we see in the betting market in, yeah. in terms of conversion. That's that's all I'm talking about. I'm not saying John Rahm is a poor golfer, and he will become world number one this year. I've no doubt about that. Quite rightly, but you know, who would you who would you have backed last week, McElroy or Rahm, at pretty much the same price to win the tournament? I mean, everyone was lumping on the double to to avoid that selection, but. <laughs> No, I would have picked McElroy, but that was because Ram was coming off two wins in a row, and winning three in a row is it just it's so difficult. Winning it all is difficult, and um, so there was no way I was interested in Ram last week when mm-hmm. when you're coming off the when you're on that kind of run. Um, I, I think of out of 
Ram's probably one of the top two or three golfers out there that I'm he definitely. has that ability to develop that extra level of um, mental game mm. that just makes him impervious. I, I, I just think mm. he's he's on that trajectory. Um, he's just a few years behind Rory, and that's why we're able to compare them and say that right now Rory's that bit stronger, but there's the, the time difference that give it five years. I think it'd be interesting just to lis- listen back to this conversation and see where everything's at. Yeah. But going back to the Ryder Cup, Steve, having both of those players on your team, massive asset. They, you know, they, if they can spur and push each other on during the course of twenty twenty three, they're going to be huge players. Yeah, I don't think it, I, I've never perceived any any jealousy or rivalry between Ram and McElroy. It's just total and utter respect. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking right now at the um, Ryder Cup odds. USA four to seven on. Team Europe fifteen to eight to win on home soil on a tough course in Italy. Mm. Mm. I know I'd be putting my money. Yeah, it's the it's the depth a little bit further down in the in the in the team, isn't it? But if you've got those two, you know, absolute stars at the very top of your top of your team, who you know they're, they're going to play four, if not five matches, then you know you, you mm. could bank. Quite a few points from those uh, those two players, and, theoretically, and Team Mollywood, of course. Yeah, of course. When Francesco, don't if you <laughs> stop backing Francesco, Paul, he'll then get yeah, the yeah. Uh, the the points he needs to qualify. So that, yeah. that'll all be good. Right, let's talk. Weight of my money on his shoulders was <laughs> <with Martin, laughs> last week. Let's mention quickly our 2023 majors competition sponsored by Bet365. We're giving you the opportunity to win in 2023 as we're running our ever-popular majors competition in association with Bet365, who've put up a total of £250 in cash up for grabs to the winners. The competition is in the form of a one and done. So all you need to do is enter uh, to do is enter is give us a single player for each of the four majors. Full details are in the description box of the podcast of how you can enter via Twitter, email, whatever. I keep seeing plenty of entries coming in, so uh, don't miss out. 23, 2023 majors competition sponsored by Bet365. This week's golf, it has to be said, it's um, it's three or four levels down in terms of quality on what we saw last week, but it was going to be. Um, we've got AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am in America. And uh, over in the over in um, the Middle East, we've got the Ras Al-Khaimah tournament, which was it, is that is it the third renewal or the second renewal? I'm, I can't remember. Um, well, it's the second renewal of the Ras Al-Khaimah Championship, but they played um, here twice last year in back-to-back oh, okay. weeks. But, so. so you've got some data to work with. There is a little bit of data to work with, yes. We're going to talk AT&T first. Uh, the field for this Pro-Am, it's, it's never the strongest. Um, and this year, it seems to be the first event that's been hurt with the uh, designated enhanced events list. I think we've got Phoenix next week, and clearly the, the whole of the golfing elite are likely to be playing that. Uh, Fitzpatrick... And Spieth, we've got Victor Hovland. He was a very late entry, by the way, Victor Hovland. Uh, Maverick McNeely, Tom Hoagie, Seamus Power, Andrew Putnam, Keith Mitchell, Matt Kuchar, Justin Rose. That's the top of the betting slate. So that kind of shows you where we are in terms of quality. Uh, when I scan down to the bottom, Arjun Atwell still playing this week. Ben Crane, Brandon Matthews, Martin Trainer, DA Points, Carson Young. 
Carson Young could pass me in the street and I'd have absolutely no idea who the chap is. Right. This tournament, the Pro-Am, uh, three courses. Of course, we've got the iconic Pebble Beach Golf Links. That plays two rounds. We've then got Spyglass Hill and Monterey Peninsula. So, the cut is after 54 holes. Each player plays a round at those three courses. <coughs> I think it's the top 55, something like that. Then go through to play the final Sunday round. We're back, we're back to Thursday, Sunday golf chaps. Uh, they, they play the final round on Sunday at Pebble Beach Golf Links. Uh, clearly Pebble Beach hosted many a US Open. The last one. Barry will never forget it. The 29 US Open won by podcast friend Gary Woodland. You'll never forget that, will you, Barry? It was a pretty pretty um, lucrative week. What time of the morning did it actually finish? Republic of Ireland time? Oh, I think it might have been something like 2, 3 a.m., I think. No, I yeah, it was late enough. Nah, you, did, you, okay didn't <laughs> you didn't care with a 90 to 1 win, did you? <laughs> you had no concerns about that. Right, before I go into a bit more detail, let's just highlight uh, Bet Victor for the week. As we've been mentioning recently, very, very good on tr uh, on price. They're offering standout prices on popular players on the PGA Tour this week with market best odds, which you take at five places each way. I caught the odds terms. Now, as we record this podcast, which is very early Tuesday morning in the UK and Ireland, AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, they are offering market best, 11-1 to 1 joint favourites, Jordan Spieth and Matt Fitzpatrick. They're offering 12-1 to 1 on Victor Hovland. They're offering 25-1 to 1 on Seamus Power. And, listen to this, chaps, 100-1 to 1 on GBS podcast legend Kevin Special K Kisner who is as short as 50 to 1 with Paddy Power. So 50 to 1 with Paddy Power, you can have 100 to 1 with Bet Victor. New Bet Victor customers get a bet £10, get £40 in free bets and bonuses offer when signing up through Golf Betting System. You can find details about their new customer promotion, plus a link through to that very offer with T's and C's in this podcast description. Now, the fact that I can actually back Jordan Spieth at 9-1 to one this week. Sorry, I'm actually seeing him now at 8-1 to one with Skybet. Actually highlights to me. I said to Paul yesterday, when I look back in my records, Jordan Spieth won this at 9-1 to one back in 2017. Yeah. He came into that tournament in 2017 off of form the week before ninth in Scottsdale and then before that third at the Sony Open, third at the Century Tournament of Champions. So 3-3-9, three, 9-1 three, nine, nine winner. This year, mm. he's 9-1, joint favourite, and he's absolutely nowhere near those form stats whatsoever. He missed the cut at the Sony Open last time. Dangerous. Yeah, and missing lots of short putts still, and that's the most worrying thing from uh, from just observing Jordan. The, uh, you know, from a decent distance out, you'd still uh, still rate him as one of the better, you know, better putters. But um, 
if you can't have a player who's uh, who's missing that short part. And the, the problem is on these power and the greens, um, lots of short parts are going to be missed anyway. So if he misses more than his fair share of, um, of you know two, three, four footers, then uh, that, that price looks awfully skinny as a result. Probably wins now. Wouldn't be surprised. I don't think many people <laughs> are going to be on him at nine to one though, or eight to one. No, no. Um, no, there's. <laughs> We were we were backing John Rama a squeak under eight to one at the Central Tournament of Champions three weeks mm. or four weeks ago, and now we're backing Jordan Spieth at nine to one. Um, I don't know. <coughs> he has got a habit of missing the cut as he did uh, last year. He missed the cut at Augusta and then won the RBC Heritage the week after. So it's not as if you need to see something stellar from him. To but anyway, I'm not on Spieth this week. I would have been, and the bookmakers know this. Anything. T- 14, 16 to 1, people, there'd been just an absolute torrent of money going on Jordan Spieth. So they've, they've, mm. they've cut that off um, at, at, at the base, clearly. Now, Pebble Beach, it doesn't really need me to talk it through. I mean, a beautiful seaside golf course. It's sub 7,000 yards in length, uh, 6,972 to be precise. I classify it as coastal. Clearly, classical, old style, and also very short. So those are the classifications I give this golf course. As Paul's already alluded to, the greens, as per Torrey Pines last week, Poana. Poana greens, but the greens this week are three and a half thousand square feet. They are the smallest on tour of any golf course. Uh, Spyglass Hill, Monterey Peninsula. They're gettable. They're they're they're, they're all short. Um, they're all s- s- seven thousand yards. They the 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 difference with Spyglass five thousand square feet Poana greens, uh, Monterey Peninsula six thousand square feet greens. So you know these these courses can be attacked. Now it's a pro am. That means that pins tend to be cut in a more generous fashion, because clearly you know. There's there's a lot of uh, am- the amateurs playing that can't really be dealing with the pins that they could cut at say a U.S. Open, and on top of that, as ever with coastal golf, it tends to be a situation where the weather dictates the score, and we have seen some of these AT and T's where the the wind and the rain has lashed in for day upon day, and the scoring's been quite high. Um, I'm not sure that's going to be the case this this year. We've seen Jim, Jimmy Walker won this at tw- in 2014 at 11 under par. I've got a feeling we are going to see scores closer to what Brandt Schnedeker produced in in 2015 when I was on board him at 25 to 1 that year. 22 under par. Because they've had a lot of rain here in December and in January. It was earlier on in the month of January, by the way. It wasn't leading in, but they've had a lot of rain here. And I'm seeing wind forecasts via Windfinder that are very, very, very calm. So soft conditions, or at least lush conditions, and very little wind. Uh, the greens here actually on Sunday last year was, were, were releasing. It was a lot firmer on the golf course. I don't think we're going to see that this year. So I think 20 under or even lower than that wins this. I think this is going to be 
um, a resort scoring shootout. Um, I, I'm not going to get into the technicalities of <laughs> the rotor system or the course rotor. I don't think, when you look into it, it makes very little difference at all. Um, but yeah, I think low scoring, attackable, players that can navigate a golf course in a precise manner and can make plenty of putts on Poana Greens. That is that is the key this week to uh, to the to trying to find the winner. Any any more points to add before we start going into selections, chaps? Well, I guess the only other consideration for me is that the fact the rounds are so slow and players who have that kind of mentality to be able to enjoy the situation rather than get frustrated with the uh, the pace of play yeah. um, you know I've, i have the same dilemma when it comes to the dunhill links each year and you know if you're talking five and a half six hour rounds sometimes and you know the amateurs hacking it all over the place the, the pros the pros that are going to be in contention need to have that um mentality to be able to uh, to 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 enjoy the situation and to to embrace it and and still maintain their momentum when it is their their time to play. Fair point. Yeah, that's the only other thing from me. Uh, when I look at the strokes gain data, uh, I'm analysing, and of course there is an issue here, a big issue. They only record strokes gain data on the host course, so we're only looking at 36 mm. holes every year of the 72. If I just look, if I look at Tom Hoagie back to Vaughan Taylor, Vaughan Taylor, yeah, in 2016. Strokes going off the T29th. This is the average of the winners. Strokes going on approach, 8th. Strokes going around the green, 23rd. Strokes going T to green, 8th. Strokes going putting, 18th. So, a strong approach play. Decent scrambling, because you're going to miss a lot of greens, because the greens are very small on the host course. Being able to get up and down from the rough is a number that I've really looked at and I look at every single year. That put me off quite a few fancied runners this 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 uh, week, I tell you. Um, for example, it would put me off Victor Hovland. Uh, it would put me off someone like a Keith Mitchell. Not great when they're in the rough around the greens. And I think you need to be to ultimately win here. I'm not talking about placing again, to win. Um, so, yeah. Good approach play, excellent tee to green, but with a handle for short game, because this isn't a kind of tournament where just banging off the tee as far as you can um, is going to dominate your strokes. It, you know, if, if that's all you can do, you're going to struggle here. Um, you've got to have approach play, you've got to have short game, and you've got to have ability on Poana Green. Uh, prices of winners. Tom Hoagie last year was 66 to 1. That was his maiden PGA Tour victory. Daniel Berger, 18 to 1. Nick Taylor, 160 to 1. Phil Mickelson, I was on him, 25 to 1 in 2019. He beat Paul Casey. That won't surprise many. Potter Jr., 500 to 1. Jordan Speed, 9 to 1. If I look at the recent averages we are looking at 126 to 1 is the average winning price of this tournament over the last nine renewals if i go back to 2010 it's 98 to 1 and what you see here every single year two or three elites versus two and th two and three longer price players 
Some years, the longer price winner wins, player wins, like Nick Taylor, like Potter Jr., like Vaughan Taylor. And sometimes the elite player wins. Daniel Berger, Phil Mickelson, Jordan Spieth, Brant Schnedeker, Jimmy Walker. So, that's kind of the game we're into this week. Um, I, I just... I can't go. I can't go near nine to one, nine to one, and ten to one chances. I just. I haven't got enough. I haven't got enough data. I haven't got enough foresight or just general belief to put that kind of um, amount of stake down on a Fitzpatrick or a Hovland at this at this point mm. on the, at this tournament. I know Fitzpatrick's played here a couple of times and he's in the top ten last year. Also, I, I when I was looking into this, there's there's definitely a trend in post in pre performances of players that in a relatively short space of tournaments had had an absolutely fantastic tee to green performance on a short course and had had a very strong uh, ball striking and greens in regulation performance in a previous tournament on a short course. So that could have been the RSM Classic. It could have been the Sony Open. It could have been the American Express. It could have been something like that. Those are the players that I've looked for this week that I've gone with. Um, it's not enticing. Um, it's not attractive. But I took in the end uh, two and a half points each way on Tom Hoagie. 18 to 1 with 365. I believe, Paul, uh, stop me if I'm talking gibberish. I think all of my three bets were bet 365, yeah? Via their each way extra facility. Uh, I think they were in the end, yeah. It's, uh, again, you, you need to look at the uh, the options that are out there on 365 because um, the pricing recently has been absolutely outstanding. So, And very often struggling to beat it. So, yeah, uh, yeah at the point at which we went uh, went live, it was uh, that they were, they were the best options. Eight places each way, yeah. Mm. By each way extra. So I'm on Hoagie. We've seen it, you know. Oh, top... Let's not be price proud this week. It's an awful field. Let's be frank. It's a poor field, um, and we have seen recently. I mean, I, I put this in my piece. There's a whole tranche of players that have started defending titles within the last fifteen, sixteen mu- months. Hovland, KH Lee, Sam Burns, Rory McIlroy, Patrick Cantlay, Max Homer. Long, long list. And when they've actually defended, apart from KH Lee, we're looking at prices of 16 to 1, 12 to 1, 25 to 1, 11 to 1. So, you know, Hoagie's fitting here. And some of those guys that have defended their titles are also guys like Hoagie who are defending their maiden first PGA Tour title. So I'm on Hoagie. Um, He was third for strokes, gained tee to green at the Century when he was third. Um, his approach play is still spot on. I think all this, the, the, the you know, the press, the the fact that he went back to watch that game in LA. He played three weeks straight. I just think he's coming into this rested. He'll come into this motivated to, you know, to put up, up a good performance at his first ever tour title defence. I just think he's going to go well this week. So I'm on eighteen to one on Tom Hoagie. Uh, simple, easy to to explain that one. Second one up. I've already seen this narrative on Twitter. Who would you rather back? Seamus Power or Maverick McNeely? 
there's this whole <laughs> narrative going round. I suppose the narrative being that they're both very short prices and people have got no faith in the fact that they will actually win a golf tournament. The only point I'll make there is that Maverick McNeely has never won on the PGA Tour and Seamus Power's won twice. Yep. So, And yes, you can say that Seamus's wins at the Barbasol and the Bermuda aren't exactly the, the highest of grades of PGA Tour victories, but he knows how to win. He has won. Um, and you look at the AT&T field, it's not exactly the strongest in the world. So I don't see that being an issue. I'm on Seamus, two points each way, 22 to 1. I think he got cut from 25s, literally the point we were pressing the button on, on the preview to go out. Again, bet 365 each way, extra eight places each way. The way that Seamus Power hit the ball in Dubai a few weeks ago, sorry, not in Dubai, in Abu Dhabi, was unbelievable. He's seventh for approach, second for tee to green. That translated to first for greens in regulation, he was eighth for ball striking. I love the fact that he's gone over there, he's, he's played the, um, the match play event, he's then played Abu Dhabi, he's then decided, no, I'm not going to play Dubai Desert Classic, I'm going to fly back, go back to his uh, Las Vegas home, have the week off, get back into the time zones and everything, then I'm going to go to Pebble Beach. Bear in mind that he was, the, uh, he was five shots clear here at the halfway point last year. He eventually finished ninth. He opened last year, 64 at Spyglass, 64 at Pebble Beach. And we've always said with Seamus, low scoring events, loves resort scoring, 20 under, all that kind of business, and lower. And on top of that, I also think the fact that Luke Donald's playing this week. You're not telling me that Luke Donald isn't going to be keeping an eye on Seamus and keeping an eye on Thomas Dietrich this week. Two players yeah. that could put, make the Ryder Cup team. So for me, it all kind of adds together that Seamus is one to follow this week. Yeah. If Seamus um, Power won the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, would you, either of you guys be shocked that he'd actually got the victory? No, I hope he does. I, I'm no. on him. I, I, we'll ask Barry in a second if he's, he's on him as well. But I think the motivation for Seamus this year, um, you know, we've touched on it a few times in the last few pods. Uh, he's... You know, big motivation to to qualify for the Ryder Cup. He went over to Abu Dhabi. He, he didn't do anything wrong um, in front of the captain there. He was playing really well at the back end of last year as well. There was some some close calls there, and I, I think it's a big year coming for Sheamus. And I wouldn't be remotely surprised to see him take this title and and really push on from here in twenty three. You want him in Barry? I'm I'm a little bit behind on making the bets, but he's 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 yeah he's there. I um, I can't see myself not back, backing him. Worth noting, we've said this before, eight of Seamus's 15 top 10s on the PGA Tour have all been on coastal golf courses. Mm. Sony Open, Corrales, Harbour Town, yeah. Sea Island, first in Bermuda, third at Mayakoba, fifth at Sea Island. That was the way that he ended last year. First, third, fifth. So he's in, he just fits, doesn't he? He fits, he fits like a hand in the glove. He really does, Seamus Power. The other one I've gone for at a relatively short price is Andrew Putnam, another player. Fringy top 60 in the world. I've got him at two points each way, 28 to 1, we bet 365. Now, Putnam, you may remember, he was fourth at the Sony Open a few weeks ago. He was in the Sunday final group with Siwoo Kim. Siwoo shot six under 64 to win. Shotnam, uh, Putnam, rather, 
uh, came, I don't know where that came from. Putnam um, shot a, he didn't disgrace himself, two under 68, finished fourth. Look at Putnam's record. All short courses, all in general, lower target scoring courses. Plays well on classical tree-lined golf courses, no problem at all. Did very well at the end of last year at the Zozo in Japan. I think he finished second or third. This is his jam. Hitting the ball straight, doesn't hit the ball long. Noticeable at the American Express the other week. He was in the top seven or eight for greens in regulation. So he's clearly hitting um, his approaches very, very tidily at the moment. And we know with Putnam, always a slick putter. Even better than that. Um, grew up in Tacoma, Washington State. Attended Pepperdine University, the same as Sahith Takala, in California. His development in golf was all on poa or bent grass, poa mixed greens. So this is going to be right up his alley. His one PGA Tour victory came at the 2018 Barracuda, which they used to play at the Montreux Golf and Country Club. Those greens there, poana, bent grass, mix. Um, I just think he's got progressive form here. Uh, 38.55, sick last year. He was in the co-lead going into Sunday with Bo Hosler, your old favourite, Paul, and Tom Hoagie. Yeah. So, yeah, Putnam, the kind of guy that can just pick his way around here, shoot low numbers. So I'm on Putnam. So 28 to 1 Putnam, 22 to 1 Seamus, 18 to 1 Hoagie. I also have a 100 to 1 chance. Right, over to you guys. Where are you at? Start with you, Paul. Um yeah, so I'm on Seamus. Yeah. The, uh, from a mid-price perspective, I've backed Nick Taylor, mm. uh, 66 to 1. He was 7th at the Sony Open recently, shot 62 in the third round, so that really stood out. Uh, won this back in 2020. Uh, it's fairly simple for me with Taylor. I think the price in this field um, is worth taking as an each-way punt. 14th last year, I, he's, he's playing, he missed, missed his last cut, but um, yeah, that, that Sony Open form um, is a, a standout for me in, in respect to this and I think he can go well this week Nick Taylor at 66 is uh, a longer price I've also backed Harry Higgs 125 to 1 and there's uh, talking of standout rounds there's lots of standout rounds uh, with Higgs over the last well last two or three months go back to the Bermuda Championship he shot a 64 in the first round there and um, shot 75 in the second round and missed the cut uh, not quite quite uh, full Jordan Spieth that that week, but uh, not far off it. Uh, shot a 62 in the second round of Mayakoba, 65-63 at the RSM Classic, and he was leader after the first 36 holes there. Uh, shot a 62 in the third round of the Amex, um, he was fifth after 54 holes there. So lots of uh, lots of spiky rounds there. 66 to open last week as well. So um, yeah, it, it, I think he just needs to string two, maybe three really good rounds together. And um, he's going to be very, very close to this, I think. Uh, 18th here on debut, eighth to halfway as well. So he's got a bit of course form. And if you look at his two wins, he hasn't won yet on the PGA Tour, but he's got two wins at lower levels on the Corn Ferry and the uh, Latino America tour uh, those two wins were at 22 under and 19 under and going back to your point about the winning score this week that feels bang on in terms of a target 
range of winning scores this week, I think, in that kind of 19 to 22 bracket. So uh, this should be right in Harry Higgs's wheelhouse. And something Barry mentioned off mic before we started, he should absolutely love the format in terms of his uh, personality uh, relative to... Uh, to, to, to the style of play required this week and the, uh, uh, the the nature of this particular tournament. So, yeah, excited about the Harry Higgs bet at 125 to 1. But, yeah, that, that's the three that I've backed this week, Higgs, Taylor and Seamus. Higgs has got a fantastic West Coast background. I remember we were... I was on him, I think it was 90 to 1 when he finished second, you won't be surprised to hear, at the Fortinet that was won by Stuart Sink at 300 to 1. Mm. That's right, yeah. And uh, didn't he shoot a 61 in that, I think? Something crazy it's, to... It was like 10 under par 61 or, or, or 10 it, under it par 60. Throw in the, yeah, yeah. He, he does throw in these really low rounds in, doesn't he? Loves his power greens. What about you, Barry? Mm. <clears throat> um, I'm going to be on Joel Damon this week. <laughs> so I'm not coughing at your um, tip. It's okay. I was letting you just get it out of the way. Um, he's third in scoring average and he is just popping up all over your recent strokes gain tracker. He's mm. top, he's second in the strokes gain total there. Um, I think he'll just revel in this format where he's got some amateurs around just for a bit of banter. And I wish the price was larger, but um, um, I'm pulling the trigger on that. The other one I was looking at who it's more just a visual that he's been popping on the screen and being showed a bit recently, but um, the game looks pretty impressive. So it's more just the eye test. It's Callum Tarrin. Mm. So, and, and the thing that looking at the sequencing of scores, you went miscut 26 seconds and now he's on a miscut 25th. So obviously first is coming next. Yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah, it's just the, the logic is. Um, it's a game of skill yeah, goal, but equally confusing <laughs> and flawless. <laughs> and then maybe one absolute uh, mega punt is Zach Blair, who's coming mm. back off a, his major medical extension, and these courses will all be in that not too stressful length for Zach. So. Um, how could you not be happy playing out in the coast of California when you've been held away from golf for so long? So he's up mm. around the 300 to 1. These haven't placed the bets yet, um, but they're the ones I'm lining up. <laughs> Damon, I think, is going to be an interesting bet this week. It's gonna That's going to grow steam. The only, the only downside with Damon would be the fact that he's had no competitive action so far this year, and I think he mm. had his first child last week so there's there's pros and cons but I had a I stared at Damon for a good 10 minutes I didn't pull the trigger so I'm glad that you're on because I think he's the, he's the kind of player like Higgs that needs to be covered off on the podcast because they've both got exceptional chances so couldn't argue with either of those bets my final bet is Nate Lashley at 100 to 1 again we bet three six five eight places each way Lashley uh, three weeks ago at the Sony, he shot 65, 65, 68. Uh, that was the sixth best 54 hole scoring total, if you take a uh, scoring Friday through Sunday. He finished seventh. Just loves playing by the coast. His status, I don't think he's great, 
I think he might be playing out of 126, 150. But there's just per he's percolating. He finished seventh at that Sony Open. And if you think of Nate Lashley, I, I always think about 2019 US Open, which Woodland won. Lashley was sixth after Thursday. He then, the week after, went on to win the Rocket Mortgage Classic up in Detroit. He shot 26, uh, sorry, 25 under par. He won that by six shots. Now, Detroit Golf Club, again, Poana, Bent, Mixed Green. So he's happy on Poana. He came here uh, in 2021. Again, his approach play was in rude health, and that's what I like about Lashley. Approach play, ball striking, rude health after the Sony. Um, he was fifth in 2021. He had a seriously good chance of winning that. I think he was in the co-lead. Hole 15, hole 16. Uh, just couldn't get the job done. Finished fifth. Perfect for this golf course, I think, Nate Lash. And you can just see that ball striking, that approach play is coming back to him. And that's his strengths, approach play. Um, when, he, when, he's on, when he's on song, he's an excellent approach play. And he can make putts on Powan. So Lash, Lashley under one, that's my final tip. So Lashley, Putnam, Power, Hoagie. Those are my four. Let's hope we have another good week. Mm, let's move. Crossed. Let's move on to the Ras. I, I must say, Paul, I've done absolutely no research whatsoever on the Ras Al Khaimah. So when you come to me, I'm not likely to have a tip. As you know, um, <laughs> I'm not recording this at home. I have no broadband, so actually doing any research was pretty meaningless. Also, because my yeah, mobile yeah. phone in the village has about one bar of signal. So um, I'll have a quick glance, but you, you crack on with the Ras Al Khaimah. I'll tell you uh, what I'll do then. I'll tell you. I'll tell you the player at the end who was the last off my list, and you can back in. Oh, okay, that, that'll be the. Yeah, sounds right. <laughs> I'll get. I'll one. get the bet three six five <laughs> account open right now. Uh, Razal Karma Championship. Yeah, back to normality this week, aren't we? As we um, complete our Middle East swing, and uh, the Rolex Series events are in the rearview mirror now. Not got another one until the Scottish Open in July. So um, we're just back to regular. Two million dollar prize funds, lower points for the Ryder Cup, lower points for the the renamed Race to Dubai. It's back to the Race to Dubai this year, by the way, guys. None of this DP World Tour rankings malarkey that we had for the last twelve months. Um, so yeah, lower prize fund, etc. That's reflected in the field quality uh, with the biggest names disappearing from uh, the last couple of weeks, as you'd expect. That leaves Victor Perez and Adrian Moronk. Uh, contesting favouritism this week, eighteen to one. Rasmus Huygard, twenty to one. Ryan Fox, twenty to one. And then you're out to the likes of Adrian Aus, thirty-three to one. Uh, Adrian Ategi, thirty-five to one. Callum Shinquin, same price. Played well last week. Shinquin, thirty-five to one. Forty to one. Bar those top few players. Now, in terms of bookies, Boyle Sports are standard eight places each way, one fifth of the odds this week. That's the standout um, standard each way terms. And of course, as we've been saying for a number of weeks now, do check out the Bet365 each way extra promotion proposition because the prices and each way terms there are typically very good. And again, um, I've backed three of my four this week with um, with Bet365 each way extra eight place one fifth of the odds options. So do check them out. Um, it's back to the course this week. We're returning to Alhambra 
Golf Club in Razal Kaima. It hosted back-to-back events on uh, the DP World Tour last year. There are three further events that happened in the Challenge Tour between 2016 and 2018. So you've got five sets of results on the weekly stats package on the site at the moment, which includes all three of those previous Challenge Tour events, which are relevant. There are some players who played and won on those events who are in the field this week. And of course, the Raz Alkaima Championship, which happened last year. And then the week after, there was the Raz Alkaima Classic. So two bits of data for the course from the DP World Tour. And we had strokes gain data from those two events last year. So there is a little bit of strokes gain data on the site to peruse as well. It's a 7,400-yard Peter Haradine design. Think um, Abu Dhabi Golf Club, Doha Golf Club for Peter Haradine um, designs. It's set just off the coast of Ras Al Khaimah, so it's got a bit of a coastal vibe to it. Um, it's around the lagoon rather than right on the coast, but um, very, very close to the coast. Exposed fairways flanked by desert, um, Paspalum greens again. So again, think um, Abu Dhabi a fortnight ago for the similar style of greens. And um, I guess the thing to pick out of this, the four reachable, particularly for the longer hitters, par fives, there's three short par fours. And again, for the longer hitters, they can have a shy at um, some of these par fours, depending where the tee placement is on that particular day. In decent weather conditions, this is, in my view, just a simple, unadulterated bomber's paradise. So um, that kind of helped shape where I went with my picks this week. If you look at last year's winners, that bears that out. Nikolai Hogard. Nikolai Hoygaard, get his pronunciations slightly better, 35 to 1. He won the Raz Alkaima Championship, so this equivalent event last year, at 24 under par. The Raz Alkaima Classic the week after was won by Ryan Fox at 60 to 1, and he shot 22 under par. So 24 under, 22 under. Hoygaard, Fox, two long hitters, both got the job done 12 months ago. Going back to the Challenge Tour, days 2016 Jordan Smith won at 20 under par uh, he can send it out there long and straight Jordan Smith 2017 Jens Dantorp 15 under and then 2018 Adrian Arnaus won here at 17 under and we know again Adrian Arnaus can put the ball out there in terms of uh, driving distance the weather forecast, which could impact it, I'd say it's just off the coast so if there's a lot of wind then um, it can drag the scores down there's no wind in the forecast, barely any wind at all. I'm seeing three, four, five miles an hour, maybe up to 10 in the afternoons. That's not going to make a difference. Mid-70s um, Fahrenheit, um, that's kind of 22 to 24 degrees centigrade. It's going to be a birdie fest, I think. Again, we're going to be looking 20, 22, 24, maybe a little bit deeper if someone really gets uh, gets fired up this week in terms of the winning score. So um, make some birdies, make some eagles. Uh, we do have some stats from last year. Digging through the stats, um, Huygard, 332 yards off the tee's average. Fox, 324 yards off the tee. If you're hitting it a long way, um, that helps. Neither of those guys hit many fairways. In fact, both were sub 30% in terms of their driving accuracy. 30%. So it didn't matter that they were missing fairways. They were just putting the ball out there as far as they possibly could. 
they ranked seventh and sixth respectively for greens and regulation in old money. So the fact that they were hitting 25, 28% of uh, fairways didn't stop them still ranking towards the very top in terms of greens and regulation. Very little penalty for missing the uh, fairways around here. Scrambling was high for the entire field. 60, 78% scrambling was typical. So for me, it boiled down to pretty much um, bomb and gouge, make a few putts, um, and then uh, see where that takes you from there. From a strokes gain perspective, both of those winners ranked second for strokes gained approach. Nikolai was first for strokes gained tee to green. Fox was second for strokes gained tee to green. So strokes gained approach, strokes gained tee to green, the two important, most important metrics there. In fact, if you look a little bit further down the field, strokes gained tee to green is probably the general stat that you'd follow here. Um, there were a few other players who ranked really quite high on that stat for a little bit further down in the in the kind of each way place positions. So um, well worth considering that as your key stats if you are picking one particular statistic out for this week. You do need to score here though. Nikolai made three eagles to 25 birdies over the course of the four days. He was 15 under par on the par fives as well. So absolutely butchered the par fives or absolutely hammered the par fives. Ryan Fox, 30 birdies on the course of the week. He was seven under for the par fives, so a little bit more surprising there. But he was 14 under for the par fours, really took on these short par fours. So if you've got a player who's either absolutely making hay on the par fives and or taking on and scoring well on these par fours, that's the kind of combination you want, I think. Um, the only other thing to pull out of the data is that all five winners, so the two from last year and the three from the Challenge Tour days, each of them had a top eight finish in one of their previous five starts. So um, they'd all flashed a bit of form in the relatively recent past. Both Fox and Hoygaard had missed the cut on their previous start, though. Um, Fox was here the week before um, and missed the cut and then went on to uh, to win the following week. Um, although I'll go into that in a second. There were, there were some circumstances that um, may have influenced that. If you boil it all down... I think aggressive golf wins here. Attack those par fives. Attack those short par fours. Putt well on the Paspalum greens. And, uh, well, you're going to need to make 20 under or maybe even deeper to be in with a shout this week, I think. Uh, boiling it all down. Oh, the way I've ended up playing this then, I've backed four. Um, from the top of the market, I have taken Ryan Fox, who I just alluded to a second ago. I backed Ryan Fox at 20 to 1, three points each way. So quite a strong bet on Ryan Fox this week. Most of the bookies have him as the third, maybe the fourth favourite here. I, in my view, I mean, I, I'm not saying I, I complete or create a complete set of tissue prices for this, but um, you know, if, if I were pricing it up, I would have Ryan Fox as the favourite personally. He missed a cut in this event last year. Um, that was the Raz Al Khaimah Championship. He had a sore back. He had a lot of physio work done over the weekend and felt much better when he re-emerged the following week um, on the same course, of course. Uh, shot 30 birdies, led from wire to wire, um, you know, barely looked back, absolutely loved the course when he was feeling good. And he's feeling good at the moment. He's the highest ranked player in the field, 30th in the world rankings at the moment. Really buoyant mood. I don't know if you've caught any of the um, interviews with him recently, but um, really pleased with how he's progressing. He's into Augusta this year. He's got a massive season ahead of him as well. And if he can maintain that top 50 world ranking position, then he's going to play all of the big events this year. 
you know, potentially get some starts over on the PGA Tour. Um, yeah, the world's his oyster, effectively. He can set that season up with a win here, I think, and uh, and really get the ball rolling. Uh, looking, looking recently, top 10s are halfway in Abu Dhabi, and that was after a couple of months off. He drifted in the end, but um, there, there was some signs of life there. He was 11th into Sunday last week in Dubai, ended up finished 20th. But the form's progressing, and the attackable nature of this course, for me, suits far, far better than the last couple of weeks. Seventh for strokes game putting on these greens when he won here last year. I think if the putter behaves again this week, then... He should seriously contend and potentially win this uh, win this golf tournament. So Ryan Fox is in. I have also backed Ryan Fox, Seamus Power, each way double 20 and 22 to 1 this week as well, if you fancy a bit of uh, transatlantic double action. Uh, so Fox is in. Sammy Valamaki I've also backed at 55 to 1. He's another player with winning form on uh, Paspalum Greens. He won in Oman back in 2020. He beat Brandon Stone. I've talked about this far too much on the podcast. He beat Brandon Stone that week in the playoff. I'll stop whining about that uh, eventually. Perhaps if Sammy wins this week and uh, gets some redemption, then I'll stop moaning about that Brandon Stone defeat. Um, Oman's are here. It's a relatively short distance down the coast. And he followed that win up with a couple, a real string of good finishes, including fifth at the DP World Tour Championship. And then his form completely tailed off. He's talked about it in interviews. Only a young lad, he's only 24 now. Um, but he lost all enjoyment in the game. Just, just couldn't be, couldn't, couldn't raise the motivation to to play and to play well. But seems to have got that back now. Um, got back on track during the middle of last year. Fourth at the BMW International um, over in Germany. Uh, he's second at um, the Joburg Open just before Christmas to Dan Bradbury when he got his breakthrough win. Uh, 11th in Mauritius as well. There's lots of similarities in terms of agronomy and uh, topography for Mauritius to here as well. 11th in Mauritius, 10th in Abu Dhabi. Closed that week with an eye-catching 62. Um, that was by far the best round of the week and by any player in Abu Dhabi. Missed the cut last week in Dubai. Opened with 76, but followed that up with a bogey 368. Still missed the cut, but... Bit of confidence coming into this week, going bogey three sixty eight, and uh, of course he'd be nicely rested ahead of this week. So I can't see any reason to leave Sammy out of the uh, staking plan. I can't see any reason to leave Grant Forrest out of the staking plan either at ninety to one. Now he's another who really caught the eye in Abu Dhabi. He um, progressed from rounds of 71, 68, 65. He was fourth going into Sunday. Shot six, oh, 72 in the final round, so didn't really go any further from there. In fact, went backwards, but maybe a bit of contention rust, I guess. Um, it was the first time that we'd seen him in that kind of position since the summer, so uh, yeah, I think you can let him off for, for, for not pushing on and uh, really contending on the Sunday there in uh, in Abu Dhabi. A decent show anyway. Got some good coastal low-scoring form as well. He won the Hero Open at Fairmont St Andrews, and that was at 24 under par. Last year, he was third at Hillside, 10th at the Dunhill Links. Long player off the tee, 23rd for driving distance last year. Strokes game positive on Paspal and Greens in the Abu Dhabi Championship the week before last. Again, there's lots to like with Grant Forrest. Nice each-way shot, in my opinion, at 90-1. to 1. Again, that was with... Uh, bet 365 each way extra. The first three were all with Bet 365 for me. Finally, 
Um, this one was with Coral, seven places each way. I backed Sean Norris at 125 to 1. Now, Norris did pop up last week. He was fourth heading into Monday's final round in Dubai. He shot a 77, so that, that isn't so good. He ended up finishing 65th. That's really taken him off the bookies' radar here. And I think 125 to 1 in this relatively weak field um, is, uh, I, I think there's some value in there personally. We've seen him win off disappointment in the past as well. If you look at some of his wins, Japan Tour back in 2021, He'd squandered a halfway lead the week before and then uh, galvanised things, got himself back to back together and won the following week. Back in 2016, he'd missed the cut with a 76 the week before winning over on the Asian Tour. So there's a couple of examples there. Over the years, six Japan Tour wins, two Asian Tour wins, two Sunshine Tour wins. The boy can win. Um, he won his maiden DP World Tour title last year at Stain City, you may recall, 25 under. Was his toes were there? I was on in the previous week, so it made perfect sense well, that he went on and won that tournament. <laughs> but um, but yeah, again, another example. He started well the week before when I was on him. I think he was top ten after the first round, so I was getting quite excited. And um, they drifted away, got his act together over the, uh, the the days between the tournament, and went out and shot twenty five under. Didn't look back, so he can do it. He has played at Live. He went over to Live not long after that uh, Stain City uh, win, actually. Didn't do much over there, kind of 20, 25th a few times in terms of the sort of the finishes. But this is lower grade. It should suit better. Ninth here last year. And I think he should outperform those uh, those odds, 125 to 1. I think he's far better for that compared to a lot of the players that in this field. So happy to take him. So that's, that's Sean Norris. Grant Forrest, Sammy Balimaki, Ryan Fox as my four. Now, the one, that, the last one that I didn't back, Steve, and uh, this is where your money should be, is Clement Sordet, the okay. Frenchman, mm-hmm. who um, was around about the 100 to 1 mark. And um, I didn't back him because he hasn't played so far this year, but statistically, um, he ticks an awful lot of boxes. He was second at the back end of last year um, on one of these low-grade DP World Tour events. And um, he's got some form over in Amman as well. So um, as, as, as one on past Barlam Greens and uh, as I think he came second as well. Um, it's got some form here. So there's some course form, there's some recent form, there's some correlating form as well. Um, it was just the fact that he hasn't uh, teed it up yet. But um We've seen Antoine Rosner, we've seen Victor Perez win for the French contingent in recent times. So uh, perhaps he'll keep the French flag going. So uh, yeah, if, if you fancy a fifth, um, then uh, Clemens Sordave could be the one. Any from you, Barry? <clears throat> Circling around a couple, I, th- I, I might stick with Adrian Hayes. I know that the field the price has been chopped to pieces, but the field quality mm-hmm. is... Yeah. Um, a bit more manageable. Played well last week, so I, you know, he's got uh, a win on this course and a ninth, so it's um, it's kind of difficult to avoid. Um, mm. Yeah, there's another couple. Like I was looking at maybe Shinquin and Connor Syme. Yeah, so. there's, there was lots of light from Shinquin last week. Um, mm. He started that final round quite slow, didn't he? But uh, did pull it back together. And again, if you're looking for a long hitter. Yeah, yeah Chinquin could take these uh, take these holes apart. So, so yeah, a little bit. I think this it's a bit of a 
week of trepidation because the field strength has gone down. You've got a pro-am introduced into it. So um, I kind of just take it easy on the bet, you know, the, the volume of bets and the amounts this week. Just feels like one that to, you can get away from you very quickly. You can lose every single bet you've made like without even blinking. So that's kind mm. of my uh, approach to this week. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Did any anything catch your eye from the, the five minutes in between, Steve, or are you leaving it alone? I think I'll take our noose as well, actually. Long hitter, isn't he? Gets it out there. <clears throat> Do you know what? He's another he, he's it. another fringy Ryder Cup prospect, our noose. If he had a cracking season and yeah. and we know he's a prestigious talent, he's another that could make a uh, make a rookie in Team Europe, undoubtedly our noose. I've always, but he's he's it is it's it's miscut place, isn't it? It's all over the place. His form, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I could see him going well this week. So I think I might just have a a, 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 a I'll have one on our noose, and I did back, didn't I? I backed um, Nikolai uh, Hog Highgard. Is Nikolai playing this week? No, he isn't, is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, is in. Yep, yeah, yeah. yep. Oh yes. Yeah, not particularly not a great price, price but... but I think I'll have a saver on him as well. Twenty two to one. Because yeah. I know what'll happen. <laughs> Just the inevitable. Yeah. It, the, the court, you know, obviously one here, the course, course suits him like a glove. And, you know, like on house as well, there's, mm. I, I think there's, you know, a relatively short, short list you could produce of players that are likely to really enjoy yeah. coming to a course where you can just, you know, pick driver out the bag, give it an absolute belt and, uh, and, and go and find it. As long it. as you're keeping it on the planet, it's, uh, you've got a <laughs> decent approach. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'll have Nikolai Hoygaard and Andre Arnouche. Typical Steve pronunciations. Thank you for your time, chaps. I hope your bets go well. Yeah, best of luck, boys. You too, lads. Best of luck to you guys. Best of luck to listeners. Don't forget, it's five-star button on Spotify. I know 20% of you listen on Spotify, so come on, press that five-star button. And for those of you who listen on uh, Apple Podcasts, please send us a five-star review. Uh, review. Right, hope your bets go well. We'll see you soon next week. Bye. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf